0: The Around the NFL Podcast is running out of money tags.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes: Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys?
3: Hey, Dan.
4: It's happening. Good to be back with you. The boss back in the big chair. You guys did a great job, though, on the on the show. I listened to it. I was stunned you that listen? you listened to it. I listened to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not proud of this, but I think it was the first first episode I listened to since last off season, which is a while. I know Mark likes Mark likes to re-listen to. It, it kind of creeps me out to re-listen to it.
1: In my In a certain mood, I will re-listen to them, like you know, late at night, and they're they're quite I listen, delightful. It's. I just get
4: annoyed by myself, and then I also <laughs> think like there's only so much time on the planet. I can listen to other podcasts or read or something else. I was already in that room and had these great I'm little, conversations.
3: I'm a little disappointed because that's an opportunity for you to listen for the first time
2: to my jokes that you trample over. during.
3: Oh, the- oh. That's I, I,
2: I use <laughs> I will re-listen to the show on occasion uh, as a method of taking self notes about yeah. my own performance or whether to judge each of, of you guys for various things or or, or, <laughs> or praise you internally. Uh, and the Irishman, of course, as we as certainly not externally. Irish has a <laughs> Irish has a good chance of getting up on Mount Rushmore as a producer, as we know. There's one vacant slot. Uh, pick up the chisels. <laughs> that's his theme music. Apparently, he's really <laughs> looking to get up there. Oh, no, that's breaking news. I've never heard that before. That's the first time. You have breaking news. No, no that not. is breaking. News. You oh. what you said, was breaking news. <laughs> what I, you I have a ch- good shot of getting up there.
4: Oh, I see. This is why Dan needs to listen to it twice. We need a higher bar for breaking news.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was I, – I, I assumed you were aware that you were in the running to be – Well, I was in the running, but you said I have a good answer. Well, you, you have a shot.
1: That well, was anecdotal. I well, this is a blind spot for me it.
4: anyways. I'm not proud of it. I do think you can get probably better at your job by, by listening to it, but uh, it was an informative show. It was a lot of well, fun. It was the debut, of, the debut of Johnny Chuckles, which that Johnny was – Johnny Chuckles. Hey, over here.
2: I'll make your bellies hurt.
3: Pro
4: I'm going to
2: make you feel your sides. are going to hurt so much because I can make you laugh. <laughs>
4: Very
3: concerning, Dan. Pro Football Talk just wrote a post on Brandon's uh, breaking
2: news. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you, Greg, we were curious. Your thoughts, of course. Uh, Mark uh, Apple Polisher Sessler, he uh, – he, had a segment during the last podcast where he spoke of various things he had observed and, and wanted to
4: report. Well, it was terrific. It was terrific to have a surrogate here representing my interest. Proud of yourself, Mark? I didn't even well, need to hold a meeting, which, which I usually do with Mark after these days, I sure. guess, and he, where he updates me. He did it for me. <laughs> I was already at home. I didn't even need to wait until the next day. So I thought, I thought it was uh, accurate and informative and the, probably the truest, uh, no, actually, uh, go ahead, Mark. You seem like you want to talk. Whoa. Well, well, no, no, I, I
1: don't want to interrupt. I, I liked where you're going. The idea <laughs> that these two are calling me an apple polisher—it's simply because they were subjects in the report. Continue, Greg.
4: <laughs> well, that's true. You did, although you did say you did say Dan did a great job. Uh, I think the truest thing you said is, "I knew this segment would go south if I criticized Dan." Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to be strategic
1: uh, when discussing Dan.
4: No, I mean. Th- Listen, was
2: it the best segment? No. Was it a, Was it the worst segment? No. <laughs> I wasn't going to stand in the That's way. That's what I'm aiming Either for. Way.
1: I'm just aiming to strike right in the middle.
2: <laughs> um, all right. So this is the Wednesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Sponsored by no one. Loved by thousands across the world. Feared by some shadowy league figures upstairs. Tens of thousands. Beholden. To Beho- no one. Absolutely. No. Actually, uh, one of uh, our shadowy league figures uh, confronted me in the lobby yesterday, and she said to me, what is that be- beholden to no one stuff? Like, you're trying to scare away sponsors? Maybe that
3: shadowy league figure should find us a sponsor, and then we'd be beholden.
2: No, should. I just what I, you know what I did? I put on my helmet, and I hopped on my Harley, and I just tore off. Can't help it <laughs> if I'm a bad boy.
1: Peeled away from, I think, the only female shadowy league figure that exists. Uh, there
2: yeah she is a riser well, no, that I, fast that riser I, in NFL behind media
1: Behind the scenes we normally know when you're when you say shadowy league figure oh, you you're know exactly targeting who I'm someone. talking about this is the first oh, time okay. that I can recall that and I was I witnessed this conversation mm-hmm. right before you peeled
4: off on your <laughs> metaphorical I thought Mark motorbike taking a surprising shot Literal. at the NFL's gender uh, well he kind of thing. was no yeah. not at, at all time. very equal hiring practices
2: Greg <laughs> Uh today's show So, anyway, yeah the bottom line is Beholding to no one, you know, come at us, dicks. Sporting goods, Reebok. Um, it's Reebok. Dell guy. We want the Dell dude to sponsor us. <laughs> not even Dell.
3: Pre-show grade
2: B. Oh. We we're going to talk about you know we talked about it on our last show because he is the boss. We had to.
4: Yeah, it. I show back up and oh, the boy. pre-show grade goes down. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, we love Connie Fox. Um, no, we did uh, fearless predictions that we may live to regret. So, uh, you know, Wes, Sess, and myself gave ours. Uh, Connie Fox gave hers. We'd like to hear from Greg on his uh, prediction. So we'll get to that a little bit later. And then we have a guest in the studio. You know, we don't have guests a lot. Uh, but uh, when this man uh, reached out to us, we said, oh, we got to get him in here. He's Ross Tucker. Uh, former NFL offensive lineman, host of the Ross Tucker football uh, podcast, and probably about seven other jobs. He's one of those guys that has 14 jobs. And, he's a hustler. You know, we, we met with him with, for lunch earlier today. He's like, oh, I got a meeting with this guy and that guy and this guy and that girl. And it's like, whoa, what are we doing wrong? I guess we're just cranking out content. That's it.
1: He's, he's, a. Uh- I'm impressed with the uh, the the ability to fly across the country to do multiple shows, meet with sales entities. You know we are very, by comparison, extremely lazy. It's concerning. <laughs>
2: and uh, and we'll do some news. We'll hit some news. And before we do that, we check behind the glass with the Irishman, uh, formerly now, who really does have, I'd say, a chance at getting on Mount Rushmore.
4: I appreciate that. And to me at least that was breaking news. Well <laughs> what I'm wondering is I wasn't in Pick up Mark's, the chisels. I wasn't in Mark's report on Monday. I wonder what he would have said about my performance.
1: I, not much to say. You did fine. I mean it, it wasn't exemplary. That it's,
2: okay. <laughs> it's good for you because when you when you're a producer it gets on uh the scissors bad side He'll mm. shoot you the eyes and point at you. You'll know when you did a bad job. Yeah, like,
1: Brandon, you're almost, almost never on my bad side.
4: He's a, he's a workhorse. Yeah. I you're like that. a long snapper just trying to. You want to stay out of it. I want to fly under the radar.
2: Yeah. Until you're on the mountainside. That's it. Let's do some news.
1: You are the weakest link. <laughs> Goodbye.
4: <laughs> did you hear that news, by the way? I did. And it, I think it said a lot about um, that. Concept that you have mentioned that before on the show, but I no, thought I no had. one remembered. No it. One remember. Yeah, no, you know, I took mental <laughs> no, that, note of that. That actually. says something. No. I, I remembered. I listened to it. and I said, yeah. No, you, I took note of not to that with uh, Sess and Wes,
2: <laughs> Kissing Cousins not remembering because it made me look foolish. <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm, I'm that's what made you look foolish. I brought back. <laughs> <laughs> I brought back. The, uh, Didn't uh, step over that one, Wes. Yeah, we gave Wes the chuckles. Hey, Wes, good one. <laughs> a real belly buster. Um, I'm trying. I'm thinking about bringing it back. You are the weakest link. Goodbye.
1: You are uh, the weakest link. Goodbye.
2: Exactly. So we'll see if that happens. I haven't formally announced, but of course, coming off the Dean Scream, I have. A, it's like when yeah. PTA Paul Thomas Anderson after he made Boogie Nights, <laughs> he was given. All the power in the world to make whatever he wanted next, and he made Magnolia, which was like a sprawling three-hour epic, a movie I love. Rewatched it over the weekend.
3: The ending is absurd. You, on the I other love- hand,
4: created Johnny Chuckles. Right? Can I make a suggestion? <laughs> yeah.
3: This Johnny Chuckles has legs. Concentrate <laughs> on him and ignore the weakest link.
4: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Wes. Greg, you know what? I don't need those shots, those pot shots. Uh, that was. I'm already regretting bringing up Johnny Chuckles. On-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy.
4: He's a ventral, dummy,
2: by the way. Yeah, he is. Uh, He's a crazy ventral. Let's dummy. start with the news. Investigators are looking into whether Akib Tlaib, the star Broncos cornerback, shot himself. Oh, no. He pulled a Plaxico, potentially. Uh, Talib was released from the hospital after suffering a gunshot wound to his right leg Sunday morning uh, in Dallas. And investigators are looking into the shooting. They're trying to determine whether Talib had accidentally shot himself. Uh, rap sheet reported Tuesday, citing some sources close to the, uh, probe I like that term, uh, Tlaib arrived at the Broncos facility Wednesday, uh, to be evaluated by team medical staff. Uh, Gary Kubiak, the Broncos court coach told reporters Tuesday that there is no timeline for Tlaib's return from the injury. Um, Per James Palmer of NFL Media, the three-time Pro Bowler was released from the hospital Monday, Kubiak said.
4: It's a problem. It's a problem for to Tlaib. I think a bigger problem than we probably thought initially because of the legal implications. It is a felony to carry a weapon in public without a license in a place that sells alcohol in Texas. Uh, he said he was drunk that even if you do have a license, it's illegal to carry a firearm while you're drunk. So, he, you know that this could be something. To, especially looking back uh, on his history, he—I guess he—I don't know if he would count as a repeat offender because the offenses were so long ago. Uh, but the NFL has taken this gun—you know—gun laws very seriously.
2: And let's not forget that Paxo Burris went to jail for like a year and a half or so. Uh, that after was New York, though. Yeah, that after was, accidentally, the states
1: do differ.
2: Yes, after accidentally shooting himself in the leg when he had his gun tucked into his sweatpants. And we will get a real look at how the law works in different parts of the United States because this happening in Texas. I would almost think it would be applauded in Texas. Just, you know, guns. I love guns in Texas. Uh, but don't be, don't expect anything like that to happen to Tlaib. But he could certainly get in some trouble for this.
4: So he implicated himself by admitting he was drunk? That seems like an implication, although they still would need a, a, an official i don't know if they would i don't know if they did a toxicology report that you would think that they did uh i mean there's a lot going on here i think he's going to be suspended regardless just because of his history.
2: We will track this story. Obviously, bad news for the defending champions either way. Moving on, Mike Silver was on Total Access, which is the flagship flagship program of NFL Network hosted by or co-hosted by Lindsay Rhodes, good friend of the show. Uh, Silver was speaking with Dan Helley, the other co-host of Total Access, on Tuesday. Uh, Need to get Helley on here. We should. We absolutely should. Great guy. Let's make a point of that. But Mike Silver was at Niners camp uh, on the same day that Colin Kaepernick made his on-field debut, uh, taking part in individual drills as he's working his way back from three different uh, off-season surgeries. But Silver came away with a feeling that Blaine Gabbert is the, quote, heavy favorite to be the team starting quarterback in week one. He went as far as to say that there's, quote, allegedly a quarterback competition. Here's what Silver added. He's loved in this locker room. He did a lot of good things last year, and I'd be shocked if he's not the starter in the opener uh your thoughts, Wes? I know you've thought this as a possibility for some time.
3: Yeah, I think we've had Gabbert as the heavy favorite in this podcast. And I think the the sentence that stood out to me was the locker room sentence. We pointed out so many times about the hatred between Kaepernick and the front office, but we also have said in the past that locker room was divided on Colin Kaepernick. And maybe the teammates don't want him. Some Maybe a portion of the teammates don't want him quarterbacking.
1: Yeah, it's like players' teammates understand – The necessary desire to make your money while you can as a player. But if you're the quarterback, it's just different than any other position. And and what is Gabbert competing against? He's competing as an injured quarterback who's not practicing, who has done a bad job this offseason of connecting or reconnecting with teammates and publicly tried to get out of the organization. If you're Chip Kelly trying to establish a foundation, especially with your offense, why would Gabbert not absolutely be in the lead right now? Everything would need to change
4: for him not to be. Totally agree with with both of you, and yet when I heard Colleen's very bold prediction, what's the official title on this?
2: Uh, it is Fearless Predictions We May Live to Regret.
4: I, I thought she could she could end up getting that right because, okay, Blink-Gabbert's the favorite to start week one. That That's week one. Uh, Chip Kelly has proven he can create offense. And before we get too worried about who's the heavy favorite for week one, they haven't faced any pass rush. Uh, Colin Kaepernick started practicing this week. They're going to start facing a pass rush in August, and we'll see how Blaine Gabbert, that's been a problem for him in the past. We'll see how he adapts uh, to Chip Kelly's system. I, he hasn't I, been in it yet.
2: I had a similar feeling to that, that the best thing that Kaepernick has going for him right now is that it is Blaine Gabbert he's going up against, and maybe Gabbert gets it together and becomes a, a good starter. Mike Silver referenced Alex Smith as potentially a similar path. Blaine Gabbert could be a guy that gets his career going a little bit later than people expected. And part of me also feels a little bit for Colin Because he's obviously not the most charismatic guy, a guy that easily connects with people, whether it's the media or his teammates. So once your confidence gets shaken as a player, it's easy. I could see how he gets in kind of a, a rough spot in a clubhouse or a locker room. So I feel for the dude a little bit. He's not, like, a bad guy. We haven't heard, like, terrible stories about him.
1: But he, A, we don't need to feel too bad. He's making a hill of cash, and this report is about where he, where they are now. Yeah. He has all the opportunity to flip this up. Yeah. Bad teams start like two quarterbacks will each start ten and six games. I mean, he's going to –
2: Mark, you're like uh, T.O.'s agent uh, when he had that, that pills situation. She's like, Terrell Owens has 25 million reasons to be alive.
1: That is exactly – Money is everything. That is exactly what I'm like. <laughs>
3: By the way, the best it. thing Blaine Gabbert has going for him is the last year and a half of Colin Kaepernick's game tape. Yeah.
4: Absolutely. But, but, the, but the reason, and that, that's totally fair, yet the reason why I still hold out hope for Colin Kaepernick is that first year and a half of his game tape, which was something else, which we thought he was one of the most talented guys in the entire league.
2: Colleen hung onions, though. It was a nice onion hanger.
4: I think it was a good one. I liked it. I, th- uh, I thought it was good. Speaking of
2: hanging onions, um, Trent Richardson. The Ravens running back uh, was asked, you know, he's. we're not even sure he's going to make the team. He's probably has an uphill challenge, but uh, he was asked by CSN Mid-Atlantic recently how he saw his career end- ending. This is what T. Rich had to say. Putting on a yellow jacket. People wrote him off. He came back and did some amazing things. He always had the pedigree. He just had to get back to the guy that we know. Now, this made him the butt of many a joke. Uh, in social media, and there was a guy uh, downstairs uh, that's a big Alabama. He went to Alabama where T. Rich went. He was saying, oh, why is everyone making fun of T. Rich? You know, what else is he supposed to say? Well, you can say other things. If someone asks you that question, you could say, well, my goal here is to be a part of this team, be productive, and we're going to win games and I'll get, you know, and get my confidence back. Yeah, You know, lay low on the canton stuff. Ah, that's a bad job by T. Rich. You got to know what to say. I hear I you. Right?
3: Connor struck the right chord in this article. Stop piling on. You don't make fun of fat guys because they're fat. That's just not funny.
4: Well, the question was asked in a perfect world. Where would your career end up? So imagine if they asked us in our perfect world, it would have. I mean, I can only imagine. Didn't say
2: perfect world.
4: That was the question. How do you see your career ending? In a perfect world, if you listen to the clip, um, that you know that that's how you answer the question. You know, it, I, yeah. Mark, I would love to hear Mark's answer of how his career ends in a perfect world. It would include, a, you know, some of America, three floating. Yeah. One thing about the wilderness. I don't know what I would say. I
1: with with T Rich, it's become this cottage industry just to shred this guy, and he's he's a reason for a lot of the reason that's happening. But extremely young, hat does not have a lot of wear on the tires at this point. If he actually is focused on getting in shape I do think I'm gonna win this Uh-oh. sandwich bet with Dan. You're back in. I'm not back in because Ooh, I up. I already I already paid it off. to well, like, make it another sandwich? Head, it was a yeah, will not. A year, yeah, not. A year ago, says. his head was in a completely bizarre place. If he does care about his career, that is probably eighty percent of it yeah, with Trent Richards.
2: Although everything we've heard, his head is exactly in the right place now. I'm saying if I didn't say it
1: is. Well, you know what? Keep ripping him to shreds. Let's well, see what happens.
2: Yeah, because you gotta you gotta know what to say. And part of being a professional, but he athlete, that but the question but is important. The,
1: the the question tweak that Greg introduced is different than, hey, wh- what kind of player are you? It's like in an ideal world, okay. what's he gonna say? I wanna be a mid tier running back you that don't made have it to out after it. two seasons. You don't it, have to answer I wanna work you my don't way have to do up the it. middle it's management. Anything yeah. he said would have been ripped. If he said I wanna be a guy no. that just collects a paycheck, we would have ripped it. No, he could well then you would get ripped
2: for that. But if he would have said, I want to make this roster and I wanna be a contributor, I don't know what's gonna happen down the line you there's a smart way to answer it and the way that gets you lampooned it makes you continues to be the butt of a joke rather a guy rather than a guy trying to save his career that's I, all I'm
1: saying I'm not his PR agent I just think that it's it's kind of like he's I think tra- you he, are his PR no he's agent. trapped in a tough spot it's like whatever he says <laughs> Twitter's going to erupt and just take the guy to town so you're right maybe he should just go absolutely radio well, silence we know from the last three
3: years he's not good at getting himself out of a trap spot
2: Moving on.
4: Or T-Rich.
2: Just be quiet, T-Rich. No. Make the team.
1: Do what you can, buddy. Two sandwiches coming my way if
4: he Just does, Just answering Damon.
2: questions. It will never happen, Mark. You want to do another sound? Keep that sound, bud. Yeah, please keep it. <laughs> I got it. Yeah, thank you.
3: Both guys are extremely confident right
2: now. Uh, all right. Gio Bernard of the Cincinnati Bengals, Uh, the running back, has reached agreement with the team on a three-year, $15.5 million contract extension. Uh, Rap sheet reports, per a source involved with the situation, Uh, the team later confirmed the extension. It runs now through 2019. Uh, This is a former second-round pick who, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cincinnati uh, backfield uh, here now, Sessler, because we have... Uh, what looked like the maybe the best tandem in the league now it's a little up up in the air. Gio Bernard's a nice player, but who knows what you have with Jeremy Hill at this point. But do you like the move to lock down Gio Bernard?
1: I do because I, I know that uh, in our bold predictions last week, the Bengals sounded like they were slighted. They were they were not. I think the Bengals have a great talent, and when you're an organization that knows how to draft well and nurture young players, you see them signing
4: second contracts. And you know, Well, they were still slighted. You said the Browns were going to finish ahead of either them or the Ravens, basically. Right. It's, it, it
1: was a bold prediction. It was, not, it was not based on mathematical logic. I do think that it, there's a shot of it happening, but it doesn't mean that I think the Bengals aren't incredibly talented. They have probably done a better job of amassing talent
4: than 90% of the league over the last three seasons, and Bernard's one of those players. I think he's a rare uh, player with a lot of fame that's underrated. At 1,200 yards in two of his three years, I think this was an amazing deal. It was an extension, so they're still paying him only a million bucks for this year. I'm sure he got some money up front, but it was tacking years onto the deal. At $5 million a year, I, it, if I was in fantasy leagues, you know, I'm taking Bernard over Jeremy Hill. It's not that close. I, I think he's going to have a, a much better season, and I think he, he's a little more powerful than people give him credit for. Here's the list of running backs who had a better season than Gio Bernard last
3: year. Okay. Doug Martin, for sure. Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley, Devonta Freeman, that's the list.
2: Wow. And a bad year for running backs, but your point is well No, you're it
3: right. It was a bad year. And you could say David Johnson for a month looked better. But
2: sure. for an entire
3: season, Gio Bernard was a top five running back last He's, year. he's a game changer. Love, are we – wait,
1: are we counting out Jeremy Hill as I'm not. a workhorse? I'm I not either. I think Hugh
3: Jackson's am offense last year hmm. – Hugh Jackson's offense last year changed from the year before. They went to a lot more three-wide sets, and they went to a, a running system that fit Gio Bernard's style a lot better than Jeremy Hill's. And
4: Jeremy Hill had a bad year. He tiptoed to the line of scrimmage. Why well, I am, as a workhorse because he's on the same team as Gio Bernard, and I, I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice to really reduce his snaps below 500, 600, 700 snaps. He, Gio Bernard is too good. You have to keep him on the field. Moving on. Greg raising his hands in victory. Trope alert. Trope alert.
0: Trope
1: You guys ready?
2: I'm lo- my notes are missing.
3: <laughs> you want me to set you up?
2: Um, yeah, go ahead. Devin Funchess. <laughs> I forgot what it was. Is
3: light years ahead of where he was at this time. Oh of- yes,
2: thank you, Chris Wessling. Light years ahead is one of my favorite offseason tropes. I love when guys are quote, because it's always quote, light years ahead. And you never hear light years used ever, like in society otherwise, but only in OTAs or mini camps uh, does that term get thrown around. (laughs) And it's always some guy that that kind of stays. Usually a wide receiver. Wide outs. I'm sure you'll
3: see it with Doriel Green Beckham in a week or
2: two. Mm. Right. And it's, I'm light years ahead. Right. He's not just
4: better at route running. He has expanded the space-time continuum, and he's further ahead of the human, you know, you know, race than the rest of us. Isn't it maybe kind of a shot at
1: where he was last year, which was probably significantly <laughs> behind other rookies? It's fair.
3: I don't remember Riverboat Ron saying he's light years behind
1: everyone else. <laughs> well, the one thing about wide receivers, it is definitely the term light years is up there with let's open the kimono above the tree. What is it, above the treetops? All this other <laughs> wait, what, nonsense. Let's, o- what's, let's open the kimono. Wait, well, we have, we have our like, own Sounds list. like how you get on like a sex offender. We, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, in these NFL media, in this job, you have to go to these meetings and some of these corporate types, oh, corpo type. you know, they're working off a different dictionary and they'll drop a term here or there where you just, you're left wondering what is happening to the human language and open... Let's open the kimono is what? one of these... Let's... Be real honest about whatever topic we're about to discuss. Hey guys, let's open the kimono. So on it's this
2: like referencing, like I'm going to show you my D.
1: Right. What? I, That's well. Really are you no. wearing a kimono, Dan? Hey, let's I don't pull, know. Our, pants. Don't know. Let's pull our pants. I do Who is wearing a kimono? Down. It's a terrible term. I don't. I didn't. I didn't cook it up. On is my, it a classier <laughs>
4: way than saying let's pull our pants down? I think it's a less classy
1: way of saying, "Hey guys, can we cut the BS and be honest?" I think bringing was a kimono
4: into it had a few drinks or something and was stumbling around, you know, <laughs> Japantown or something.
1: No, that is My new favorite is Firehose of Data. <laughs> or this snackable content. Snackable I heard content. The other day. Let's keep it above the treetops. There you go. Yeah. Keep it above the treetops. I will say one thing, though. And you mentioned wide receivers. I mean, the, the, a lot of big name wide receivers from year one to year two make the jump. I looked this up. Des Bryant, year one, 561 yards. Big jump year two. Fitzgerald, 780 as a rookie. That was better than most. Brandon Marshall went from 309 yards to 1,300. I mean, it, along with tight end, that is one position where you see growth in the second season. True.
2: All right, guys, let's move on to some odds and ends. Odds and ends, odds and ends. Everybody loves some odds and ends.
1: <laughs> Everybody.
2: Uh, Ruben Randall uh, started 16 games last season, had about 800 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. Now he's got a fresh start with the Eagles after an up-and-down run with the Giants. Some talk that he's going to be the number one role on the outside of the formation uh, under Doug Peterson, with Jordan Matthews seemingly destined to
4: remain in the slot. Greg, does that surprise you? It does. Well, they moved Matthews outside for the start of OTAs, and this is where you know we we made fun of that nothing can come out of Otis. Some little nuggets. This is a good example that it sounded like they put Matthews on the outside and Doug Peterson, the coach, basically said, look, he's better inside. We, we've tried him out there. And then he went out of his way to really talk up Randall as someone that surprised him. And who knows? We'll see what happens. But he does have more production than anyone else in that wide receiver mix, including Huff and Nelson Aguilar or whatever. I think he's starting for your Eagles, whether you like it or not. Elsewhere.
3: See how long that lasts.
4: Elsewhere, Timmy Jernigan, the Ravens
2: defensive tackle, uh, says that he'll be a, he'll be a bigger person uh, than Warren Sapp after, and you know, Warren, come back to us, buddy. The Ravens tweeted out, Timmy Jernigan has changed his number to 99 as a tribute to Warren Sapp, to which Warren Sapp replied at Ravens, how do I stop this? And then uh, Jernigan, who had a relationship with Sapp dating back to when he was drafted in 2014, he slid out of the first round because of a report of a diluted drug test. Sapp, who, of course, famously slid down the first round in 1995 uh, because of reports of a failed drug test or drug tests, reached out to Jernigan. They talked a little bit and maybe texted. Uh, But Warren Sapp was upset that Timmy Jernigan did not reach out to him and contact him with this Uh, decision to change from 97 to 99 to which I say that's some exhausting Warren Sapp uh, behavior right there come on that
1: was the perfect word for it in your post exhausting I mean if we're going to talk about current players not wanting they shouldn't open their mouths about their personal goals this is one tweet that Warren Sapp would have done himself a favor by not sending it was you're a hall of famer I, it's just ridiculous. Like, I mean, the way this was someone who was your friend, who he he's trying to honor you, and this is how you respond. I don't know if he was
2: a friend, but he at least was someone that they ha- they were on good terms with each other.
1: There was contact. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like a, a kind of wild yeah. shot in the dark.
2: And I don't know what's going on with Warren Sapp. He he got let go from NFL Network, and I don't know if he has a job right now. Uh, but he has to have something better to do than to pick on some guy that only viewed him as a role model.
3: Gargamel level behavior out of Warren Sapp. Maybe he doesn't
2: have something better to do. Maybe that's the biggest problem here. He's
4: bored. Just for the record, Warren, this is Greg Rosenthal. I didn't say anything during this segment. <laughs> Coward.
2: And
1: that's out that's odds and ends. Sing it Wes. Odds and ends. Odds and ends. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite two seconds of this entire podcast
2: You gotta keep going, Wes You so, can't just say it twice I'm the worst
1: singer Greg immediately
3: buried his head in his hands <laughs> Greg,
4: you shook his confidence Sorry, You're his boss I already
3: have no I'm the worst uh, singer Can we, can I, we do th- one more shot, Greg? I do that a lot
4: I do things like that a lot
3: have I Ever told you about when I went out for choir practice in fifth grade? Oh,
4: no What happened?
3: The choir the choir guy, the guy running the show, made me stay after class and put my ear on the piano. <laughs> he what? Said, he said,
4: you're tone deaf, son.
2: It is one of my favorite things is to ask Wes to sing.
4: What did he go to? Like it a, goes a 1940s all over high school? They hit you with a ruler after? What's going on? Just put my ear on the piano.
2: He was a good Catholic boy in Cincinnati.
4: We weren't wimps, Greg.
2: Come on. All right. That was odds and ends, and uh, before we get Ross Tucker in here, Greg, we did want to hear. I'm always interested in uh, the boss's takes on the Ooh. football world, so I was I was curious what uh, fearless prediction you may live to regret. On the 2016 season.
4: No, I thought you guys did a great job with the uh, fearless fan fiction that you hope happens in 2016. Fearless fan fiction. 2016. <laughs> Mark, Mark for the fifth great year, you know, believing too much in the Browns and Dan for the fifth great year, <laughs> hoping that Tom Brady falls apart. That's well, fair. Fearless, You're not wrong. Fearless fan fiction. Oh, that was fair. Uh, I'm going to go with that the Super Bowl defending champion – Denver Broncos will not make the playoffs in 2016. That their fall fall will be steep. It'll remind you a little bit of uh, that Ravens team who also replaced their top two quarterbacks after going to the Super Bowl. They don't make it. They're just so a middle-of-the-road team. The team that I don't think they'll be as bad as that. The Ravens. untested rookie and late-period Mark Sanchez won't make the playoffs. <laughs> That's really fearless. Oh. They do have the great, the best defense uh, that we've seen in a long time, and they did have just about the worst quarterback play uh, you could imagine last year, and they, they won a Super that's Bowl fair. with it. I kind of I so came now at, you're
3: arguing against yourself.
4: No, no, I'm saying that's my argument that uh, it, that it's that's fearless. fearless. I have to admit, I stepped into the studio today, and my my plan was to go Broncos and Panthers. Don't so make it back to the play. Oh, that Oh, that's I was going to say. What about Carolina? But, that, but I don't believe that you can't you can't force things you truly don't believe. So, I truly believe that the the Broncos will not make the playoffs. I think that's somewhat bold. I also want it, I want it to be something that when we do our predictions in September, I'm not going to back away from. I'm going to, you know, I'll stick with that. I, that they're out. They're going to be an 8-9-1 eight, eight, team. I don't believe that Tom Brady will be. So just just really hang those onions. Well, oh. you should only say things if you you're believe being it. You're disingenuous. I, no, 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 no. where we disagree prediction. on on podcasts. No, 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 Federal. No, no. If you're saying something, that was you at least the, mis- no, it. the
2: misconception with what I said was that I thought he would take a step back and kind of be like a top fifteen guy. Okay, not the Peyton Manning fall off the cliff. Well, no, I get that. Is that bold? That. I would say so, considering he's playing. He's played better than ever his last two seasons.
1: I'm sticking with my Browns. I'll tell you, last year, around this time, I authored one of these like, clickbait or articles that was somewhat ordered on Connor and I to do five teams that new teams will make the playoffs, fives that won't. I picked the Broncos to not make it. Heard... Probably from over the course of the season, six or seven thousand people. So you're going to get on right. some radars here, oh, and awesome. uh, maybe you can block some more people after hearing. Absolutely, it. that's right. We did some
2: research. Well, uh, some clown o- up in the Bay Area got like a think piece written about him um, over how many people he blocks. Or he was a reporter up there, and it was he blocks like over six thousand people. And I was like, forget about that. We g- he doesn't deserve a think Wait, piece. I don't even know the backstory. I don't know who was it. It was
3: Tim Kawakami.
2: Oh, so Tim Kawakami got a feature written on him about how he was the king of the blocks because uh, he blocks everyone on Twitter. And I was like, we got Dikembe Matumbo over here at NFL Media <laughs> and Chris <laughs> Wessling. Where's his uh, feature piece?
3: I went to check how many blocks I had, and twi- the app that you used told me it was dysfunctional because I had blocked too many people They couldn't <laughs> count.
2: Oh, That's awesome. And then we
4: all checked. So Wes, Wes was literally incalculable. But you did check a few years ago, and you were—I
3: w- was over two thousand a few years ago. Okay. So I imagine it has to be in the six to seven thousand
2: range. Of- <laughs> uh, mine was at like uh, thirty-seven. Uh, Mark, yours was even lower than that.
4: It was four, but I don't use that. I—I'll I, mute people. I don't block. You only had people. like ten mutes, though. You're a forgiving guy. No, nothing. Mark's—he's like a nice guy. Mark's always been a nice guy. And if Greg Conrad, 130 or so. I had 650. That's pretty nice <laughs> number.
3: Greg's really been coming on lately. I've been proud of him. Oh, Greg's I'm, blocking is I'm a little i
4: spiteful blocked. too. Mine's silent. No, mine's I just you know something I don't like. You're yeah. Like you hiss at him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Mine is like I don't need you in my life.
4: Yeah, Wes. Wes, if you are a fan of the Seahawks, even if you're one of his best friends, he'll block you. If you're Seahawks related, you're going to get blocked. There's a difference
3: blocked. between a 12
1: and a Seahawks fan. 12s all get blocked. <laughs> what if you had to, in a battle royale, face all the people that you had blocked? Bring it on. <laughs> One versus w- 6,000.
2: <laughs> all right, folks. You know, we don't usually have people in the studio. Uh, we do like outsiders. We like to, you know, stay <laughs> yes. the hive mentality. But What a welcoming way to introduce <laughs> But <game>. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you make exceptions. And this, this man right now to my left, former NFL player. He's now at uh, NBC Sports Network. Sit, listen to this guy's uh, resume. Sirius XM NFL Radio, Sports on Earth, and, of course, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast at Ross Tucker NFL. It is Ross Tucker.
5: Yay, me. This I, man I I, I flew, six, I flew wow. six hours out here just to get that intro from Hansus. Wow. Was <laughs> it worth it? Six hours. And I love that he said I'm to his left for those people watching at home.
2: Yeah, no, <laughs> I, We like to give people an idea of like the, the No, they say, that, they say that
5: in the radio. They say left to right on your radio dial, yeah, which I, yeah. I never understood that one either. The one thing I, I've always wanted to ask you guys, sure. I'm just going to take over real quick. No, right, go ahead. If you're go ahead. Right. I'll see you later. But, uh, <laughs> so I've listened several times. What is the heroes thing? Why are you guys all heroes? What's the room full of heroes? Where does that come from? Basically just, an,
3: just because we claim to.
5: Isn't it obvious? <laughs> yeah, you're here now. You're seeing <laughs>
1: – Look at the, the man in front of you. <laughs> it's that innate. Not it's, all see that.
2: It's it's called, I would call it absurdist humor. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> none it. of us, I mean, there's no war veterans in here. There's, not a, there's maybe a, a high I, level of cowardice. Got, I mean, I knew it was and a, a joke pot.
5: on some level. I didn't yeah. know what was like the. On
1: every level.
3: Greg yeah. saved yeah. a cat from a tree once.
2: <laughs> did and a strawberry truck. So Ross is here. Ross, uh, like I said, has got a lot of stuff going on, but he's also the reason why, and one of the reasons why you should listen to and watch Ross is because he comes from a place of experience. and off- Former offensive lineman played seven years in the NFL. and And Mark, I know you did a little research on the old Tuck bomb before we got on today.
1: Yeah, well, I you know my I love coaches. I, I think that that's it's a fascinating profession, and I just was circling through. Uh, some names that you've been tied to during your career, and I, I'm kind of fascinated. we got Marty Schottenheimer, Hugh Jackson, Steve Spurrier, Dave Campo. Should have put him at the top of the list. <laughs> Bruce Coslett, Mike Zimmer, Greg Williams, Mike Malarkey, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and Matt Patricia, I believe, was a position coach for you.
5: Yeah, he was actually the assistant offensive line coach when I was an offensive line with the Patriots. Mm.
1: Of these guys, I mean –
5: who do you like the league? Right.
1: Well, th- yes. Personally
5: or as a coach? Personally. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> so, you know what's amazing? Yeah. I-, I had nine different NFL head coaches. Wow. That's kind of hard to do when you only play seven years. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. But you ever and, play with a winning team? Uh, Yeah. Went to playoffs a couple times. Yeah, so.
3: Belichick on this list. Patriots
5: 05, oh, uh, Redskins 07, which was an amazing year because I was on IR, so I don't know if I really said I played for that team. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? The year on the year, I- the year I played the most – and had the best year, 2004. Buffalo Bills, 9-7. and seven. Look it up. Winning team.
4: <laughs> Wait, that was the team that lost to the Steelers playing the Packers to miss the playoffs? Am I yes, right? Yes, oh, sh- well, I got to bring that up. Right? And, and,
5: and you know what's cra- you know you know what's crazy about that? So, you guys will appreciate this. Or maybe you won't, but I'm going to tell the story anyway. So, we're 9-6. and six. We started off 0-4. It was Mike Malarkey's first year. So, that relates to football now. Mm-hmm. Titans fans, we're talking about you. Blah, 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 blah. Malarkey, first year. 0-4. We go 9-2 and two in the next 11. Mm-hmm. So we're 9-6 and six in the last game. The Steelers have locked up the number one seed. So Roethlisberger, I don't think, plays at all. Uh, it was his rookie year. Tommy Maddox plays. And two guys made a bunch of plays that we had never heard of. We were beating – the Steelers starters played, like, the first quarter, maybe the first quarter and a half. I remember this game. Then they started to replace him. I remember, I remember after, like, our, our first drive, I hit Joey Porter after a play. Or during a play, and I said, "Joey, how long are you guys playing today?" And he looked at me said, "Long enough to kick your ass." <laughs> <I was> like,
4: <laughs> Sounds like right. I was
5: like, "That's a that's a, a, a that's a pretty good answer."
4: He hasn't but changed. Twelve here. years later, he's still on the field. Like, yeah. <laughs> get <laughs> off the field!
5: <laughs> but we enough were, of you. But we were beating their starters. Then they put the backups in, and. Uh, some guy we had never really heard of had two sacks. Turned out to be James Harrison. Oh, yeah. All I remember thinking is, that's the strongest guy I've ever seen. He's like 5'10". You guys ever met him in person? Yeah, he's not a big guy. He is like 5'10". And I had seen on tape him kill Jason Whittle on a counter. And I said to the coach, the coach was like, Tuck, you got to kick him out on this trap. And I said... I, I don't, know. Coach. Are you watching this? And Trey Teague's like, just let him. Who's our starting center? He said, just let him cut his outside leg. Just let him cut his outside leg. And Coach's like, no, you got to kick him out. You got to kick him out. After the meeting, we walk out, and Trey said, hey, if you try to kick him out, they're going to put you in one of them halo things in the hospital, <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going to come visit you. <laughs> so I'll never forget that. But anyway, in that game, we ended up. Willie Parker and James Harrison went off. We lost. We did not make the playoffs. But I had a, a really sizable playing time bonus. So I locked it in after that game. I had to get 80% of the offensive snaps that year. If we had won, we would have played at Indy on the RCA dome turf. And this is like the player stuff that people don't think about. I you know, I figured out the math. I probably would have had to play at least like 29 plays, depending on how many <laughs> offensive snaps we had. In that playoff game, because playoff games count for the bonus. Mm. Mm. I had a herniated disc in my back. I was taking uh, a lot, you know, Stop. Percocet, Lortab, flexorol a shot toward all my butt to play.
1: That's like one of Wes's weekends, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway,
5: it, it's crazy because after the game, I was so m- upset. I was so sad that we lost because I never made the playoffs before and like, You know, we'd worked so hard to make the playoffs, but I was also so happy that we lost because I had locked in Mm. a lot of money and didn't have to play for another week, go to the RCA dome, which had the hardest turf in the world. And, like, if I get hurt on the 20th play, I'll just tell you guys, you can probably look it up. If I get hurt in the 20th play, yes, I get the $18,000 for the playoff game, and I miss out on $350,000 playing time. Oh, man. So that's the things that like, like I remember after the game, I was engaged to my wife at the time and, um, girl, fiance at the time. And my father-in-law, he knew I had locked into playing time boats and he knew the last five games I had played with a hernia disc in my back and like, he hugged me. It was like a moment. It was like, wow it was like, it was I'm, like great coaching malarkey. Way to sit on, <laughs> way to sit on the ball. <laughs> oh uh, man, people Bills fans still bring up that game. I uh oh, poor
2: people. They still have no the only team that hasn't had a playoff team in the two thousands, which is outrageous.
5: Right. But to answer your question, my favorite coach was Schottenheimer. Mm. Uh the best coach is probably Belichick, but not my favorite. Um
2: See? See that? Bad guy. That's what he's saying. He can't say it because he respects him, but he's saying he's a bad guy. Greg, deal with it.
5: You know, well, I would just say what's really interesting about the Patriots, I don't know if you guys know this or not. It's, I want to listen. It's it. it's one hundred percent negative reinforcement, which has obviously been oh. successful for them. That and having the best football player of all time has really helped them. Mm. Um,
4: that's my that's my approach as a manager <laughs> <Every> <laughs> I
5: noticed that when you make you don't even let your guys eat lunch like decent human beings oh, slave away <laughs> yeah. in front of their desk it was so good to see Ross see that I had an internship summer <laughs> yeah. before junior I do year not of make you. you guys go that. back
4: there you just do it and you go Ross Ross with the Greg.
5: <laughs> so anyway just so you know for the Patriots every day of practice and after every game the first thing they show are the five worst plays from the day before. So, like, your major motivating factor is to not be on Belichick's low-light tape the next day where he's like, look at this, what are you, and it's it's not good. <laughs> That's a you know, pretty good Belichick, by the way. I was amazed because when I was there, it was they signed me midway through the 05 year, and they were going for their third straight Super Bowl, and it was my fourth team already. I played for Redskins, Cowboys, Bills, and then Patriots. And it was the least happy team I'd ever been on. There was the most, like, unhappy guys. I'm like, this is unbelievable.
2: He's John Voight in Friday Night Lights or uh, Varsity Blues. Yes.
4: He gets results. But, God damn it, they hate him.
5: No, but you know what? In this, in the, in I the, don't the, believe the, it. That was a particularly no, no, pressure-filled season
4: two, coming off two titles with a team that wasn't great.
5: Right. Well, but i also say this. We're playing the Jaguars in that first round of the playoffs. And he says, you know, every coach before every game says, you know, at the start of the week, we got to take care of the ball. We to, You know, they just say the generic stuff. He's like, most important thing to this game by far is Jimmy Smith uh, crossing patterns on third down. <laughs> That's the key to the game. And, like, what he'll do is he'll literally call it like, a practice squad offensive lineman on Thursday and be like, uh, Ross Tucker, what's the most important thing of this game? I'll be like, Jimmy Smith crossing patterns on third down. Like, something like that, right? Yeah. We go in the game – And he reinforces it so much and it's so specific that I wasn't even suited up for the game. I was up in, like, a skybox or something. But on third down, I was looking at Jimmy Smith. Like, (laughs) I didn't know what the heck was going to happen in that game other than Jimmy Smith was not going to catch a darn third down crossing pattern for a first down. He didn't, and we won by, like, 30 points. And then I actually did play the next week. We lost to the Broncos. Right, and the divisional round, the game that made Ben Watson famous for chasing down champion from oh, yeah. behind Play. like a hundred yards. Oh, take yeah.
4: take Plummer's uh finest NFL moment really. Let me uh, divisional round game.
3: Let me pick your offensive lineman brain here.
4: Let's
5: do it.
3: So we Wait, before
2: we do that, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk offensive linemen, we gotta go down to the lab. Let's go. All right. Oh. It's time to do some scientist heat here. I mean Ross Tucker. A veteran. Walking What's that down? noise? What's we're that walking down, down, down right the now.
4: Steps. Yeah. Oh, okay. it's the steps right. of you
2: walking down. Got it. Now we're down the step. Up. Uh, now we're in the lab. Now this is the scientist lab. This is where the real football nerds talk. The real football men. Go ahead, Wes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be upstairs.
2: <laughs> so he said the real football
5: nerds. Go ahead, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be making grilled cheese upstairs. <laughs> Later.
3: So none of us in this room claim to be able to evaluate offensive line play where we're watching condensed games, but there are people who do. And when you see a site like Pro Football Focus, even as a former professional offensive lineman, can you feel great about your analysis of an offensive lineman without knowing his assignment in a game?
5: Well, I can feel very good about it, yes. But I can also tell you with 100% certainty that I can't have 100% certainty on who messed up on certain things. If you ask the pro football focus guys, what I respect about them is they know that they don't know what guys are supposed to do, so they just evaluate what the guy tries to do, and they feel like over time, given a large enough sample size, it'll kind of even out. But I'll give an example. You know, several years ago, I think they had Brandon Albert as maybe their second-best offensive tackle or something like that. And I was told by the Chiefs, you know, people that would know that he was good for like two mental errors a game. That is like mental errors as a professional are totally unacceptable. And a mental error is like, okay, you blocked the wrong guy. Well, the right guy goes and smokes your quarterback. It's a strip sack, return for a touchdown, and you lost. Thanks for playing. Today.
3: Oh, by the way, your quarterback's got a concussion.
5: Yes. So the, the the biggest issue I have with them would be, you know, I can think of at least probably one play game when I played where I would get a negative for it from them but I was really just trying to save somebody else's butt that messed up. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I I stepped down, I saw the tackle step down too, so I bailed to try to get you know, try to cut the linebacker's knee so he didn't. But all in all, I think those sites do a really really good job.
3: Yeah. So you think by the time they have 16 games worth of sample size, they get it pretty right.
5: But not in I,
4: cases I, of like Brandon <laughs> Albert. That's a tricky one.
5: Well, I think um You know, I think they rate Evan Mathis a little higher than I would. You know? I think like they're Eagles agree with you. Yeah, I think So does the other thirty two teams. Yeah, like they put more of a premium, I think, on on run blocking than I think NFL teams do, would probably be another way to describe it. You know, NFL they want you to be a good run blocker, but not many guys are really getting vertical movement anyway. You know? And they want to be efficient with your blocks. I love that. What are we doing now? We're in we're the lab. Pouring, we're just pouring more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beaker stuff. Mark's, this is Mark's a concoction that you're pouring. Mark's here too. We're just we're just pouring more stuff. And Mark's here too.
1: Yeah. I'm upstairs <laughs> cooking grilled cheese with Dan, having a <laughs> glass of vodka.
5: But um, you know, at the end of the day, the way the NFL is, you, you really get paid for pass blocking, which I mean, I wish it wasn't that way because I was not a great pass blocker. That was like a flaw. But like you look at the guys, Luke Jokel and Fisher, and the, Fisher's actually gotten a little better. I. I, it was a, uh, a a really fun project for me to make fun of him the first couple of years. But he's actually, yeah, he's actually, like, last year he was decent. But those guys are paid to pass block. And anybody that says anything different is kidding themselves. Evan Mathis is an average pass blocker. So pro football, fo- and I like him as a guy, he's a good player, but pro football focus ranks him really high because of what they believe is his efficiency in the run game. But I think that's mitigated a decent amount by him not being a great pass blocker in my mind.
2: Um, moving away from the line we I think we reached out to you before you came on today, who do you want to talk about? Kirk Cousins was the name that came up. Uh, what are your feelings about Kirk Cousins? You know, Playing on a one-year, $20 million
5: deal. So I don't understand why people don't value last year as much as I do. Like mm. for, and, in general, Kirk Cousins – Tyrod Taylor, Ryan Fitzpatrick, like even to some extent Brian Hoyer, obviously he had that horrible game. But, like, last year matters. Like, that's the most recent sample size we have, and it's a pretty big sample size. But with all these guys, it's like for Tyrod Taylor, it's like, ah, he's only ever done it once. I mean, it was his first year starting, and the guy was, what, 20 touchdowns, five interceptions, ran for 600 yards.
2: Listen, I make the same argument. About Ryan Fitzpatrick in this room, and everybody says this guy's a total journeyman. He stinks. It's a joke that the Jets are excited trying to get him back, which is what all I'm looking at. Uh. Last season, his first with the Jets, his first or returning to a partnership with Chan Gailey. I'm only judging it on his year with the Jets. He was one of the best quarterbacks the Jets have had in decades. Now I know that that last game counts for something, and he threw three picks, and that's really spoiled the narrative of what was otherwise a really great season for a franchise that hasn't had many good seasons at quarterback. So that's why the Jets want him back. It shouldn't be such a laughable thing that they do. That's what I'm talking about. No,
5: no. he is a journeyman, but, and I'm not saying he's going to do this, but Kurt Warner was a guy that played NFL Europe in Arena League before he showed the ability to play at that high of a level. Rich Gannon was a guy... That yeah, played for the Vikings and the Chiefs. Once they places. had
3: their good season, then their teams rewarded them with paychecks. The Je- It's not just the Jets who aren't paying Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's every team in the league who says, we don't believe you can do this again. Right. So and we but believe that. Well, Mar- well, let
5: me ask you this, though. What team do you think should have?
3: I don't think any team should have. I think a team should have signed them as a backup. Not a no, starter. but
5: what team do you think should have considered it? Like, if you actually go through and look at the different quarterback situations around the league – I you know for with this like the Cleveland Browns for example right, Ryan Fitzpatrick's much better than Robert Griffin the third, and they would win another game or two, but from with the Browns their long term approach, like what, what, how do they value that? How do they they, they don't doesn't that fit, doesn't make doesn't sense. doesn't fit their. Friendship. And if you look at every situation, I think you could make the same argument pretty much across the board. I think he's going to play really well again. I think Kirk Cousins is going to play really well again. I'm a believer in Kirk Cousins. I think Tyrod Taylor is going to play pretty so well. So
4: it's good. We should. You should really move over to closer to the Chris. That is the Cousins corner over there. They're cousins. the, the kissing not, cousins. They're the big fans of Cousins. And this not felt. so. Are you so? So
5: Greg, you're the guy that because the guy's name isn't Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Wow. Or because they haven't done it for five Ouch. years. Because I get the sense you don't believe in Fitzpatrick. You don't believe in Cousins. I, I mean, what do what do you I guys like do Rod. every day? You blog about this stuff, and you you write about this stuff, and we watch the games. Do, do, does like sixteen games last year? Does it doesn't matter? Well, of, of course question, that do matters. That question might be better directed
3: to Doug Whaley for why he won't pay Tyrod right. Taylor. Of course, because because he yeah. doesn't have to. Of course, because it he doesn't have to, and because they they uh, it's pretty telling that in mid October of last year, they came out. Well, they didn't say it, but they leaked the word to Ian Rappaport. EJ Manuel can take this job. So obviously Tyrod Taylor isn't doing something and that something is throwing over the middle of the field. So
5: you're so I'm 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 getting a great feel for all you. You are the guy that th- based, on the does, based on what the team does based on what the team does, they're showing us what the guy that is. That is
3: that is one of many factors the data that we can read.
5: Maybe uh, uh, 3000 miles agreed, away from but the then team. agreed, but then what you're saying by that is that all teams have all knowledge, and they no, know no, what no, they're No, no, no. I'm
3: saying that's one part of the factor. Another part of the factor – one part of the data is that Tyrod Taylor is built small, likes to run, already got injured last year, and is probably not the best candidate to stay healthy for 16 games.
5: Well, I just think they're not paying him because they don't have to. They signed him to a very smart contract that's, last year. I'm sure that's – and they're, I mean, yeah. you're also talking about – you said, well, what, what does Doug Whaley think? I mean, I could give you five things that Doug Whaley said and done <laughs> D- recently. Doug D- Whaley's overrated E.J. Manual a him. long time. Yeah. yeah, Doug Whaley's the guy who drafted E.J. Manual. Right, yeah. Yeah. but that also and speaks e. to You your
3: Tyrod. I don't think Doug Whaley was the source telling Ian Rappaport this, it was one of their coaches. Ross, well, I you're I big to- on
4: social media. Is it cool if we just make the, the headline here, though? Ross, Jets are missing out on next Kirk Warner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's basically what yes. you're saying.
2: Um, <laughs> let's, let's Good scientist talk, guys. Let's go. Let's go upstairs. Is there, like Is there a sound effect? Is there Well, if the Irishman steps up. There we go. Oh, there we go. If you quit talking, you could hear uh, it <laughs> Quiet down. <laughs> Alright, listen, we got we gotta wrap up this segment. But you know why? Because Ross Tucker's got some Princeton bros he's gotta have some daddy pops with. Daddy <laughs> sodas.
5: You, you know I call them daddy sodas? Yeah, I do. Plugged wait in a on minute. everything. Wait, 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 I'm plugged I... in on the podcast universe. Wait, 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 wait. You're yeah. from New York, right? Yeah. Daddy pops? That's what I,
2: I – maybe I misremember. That's but, my fault. I, yeah, because yeah, you're
5: Cincinnati. You. You're a Midwest pop.
2: Yeah, it's a, I'm a soda guy where I'm
5: from. Dude, I'm in the state where it splits. People in Pittsburgh say pop. Really? Which weirds me out. Cincinnati yeah. does too, yeah. Texas in, in, does in, in South, I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania, and you're Philly, and we always said Coke. Like, I have a Coke? Oh, yeah. yeah. I say be like, beer be like, and I drink it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: are, you, are you the guy at the bar is like, I'll take a beer, and then they go, which, which kind? you like, any kind. Just send the guy away.
1: I've probably had conversations like that. I've seen it. Right.
5: I love that. I love, by the way, that Team Ohio over here has a uniform, has a has a plaid. Uniform. <laughs> yeah.
1: Team Ohio. We are. Wes and I are Team, in our patented. Uh, Team Ohio. And masculine men. That's <laughs> all we I'm wear. Chop
5: down a tree after this. <laughs> yeah. All right.
2: So he is Ross Tucker, and again, you get to check him on NBC Sports Network, Sirius XM, NFL Radio, Sports on Earth, where he writes, and of course the T- the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and at Twitter. Hit him up at at Ross Tucker. NFL, it was a real pleasure to have you in the yeah. studio.
5: Dude, good to see you guys in person. I, I got, I'll i fly out every week, six hours each way <laughs> for, these, for these glorious 17 minutes. It was awesome.
2: Right. It was a lot of fun. So, Ross Tucker, check him out. And there he goes, Ross Tucker, out the door. And we got to get out the door as well, gentlemen. We'll be back on Thursday uh, with uh, yet another Around the NFL podcast. We will have a guest from inside the NFL media sphere Tomorrow. So, a lot of people uh, in the studio this week, uh, a lot of friends of the Around the NFL podcast. Is that news to you, Greg? I'm looking forward to it, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll you'll find out. We'll talk after the show. Uh, so, get excited, everybody. Uh, until Thursday, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Boss, and The Irishman. Got a chance to get up on Rushmore, baby! Till Thursday! One day we will die. One day we will die. So enjoy this time we
0: have together. Because one day we will die. Com